0: views comments stories and opinions shared within this podcast are our own or those of our guests and in no way represent the views of the companies associations or organizations that any of us may work for or represent all stories events and tales shared within this episode may or may not have happened in the manner in which they were told they may or may not have even happened at all the details have been changed to protect the innocent and the guilty alike this is squawk identity You're listening to Squawk Ident, an aviation podcast that explores the many pathways to an aviation profession, the challenges that a professional aviator can expect in today's marketplace, and we share many stories along the way. I'm your host, Aviator Tony, a professional airline captain currently flying for a U.S. legacy airline with over 20 years on the flight line. Welcome aboard Flight 142 of the Squawk Ident podcast recorded on the 14th of January, 2024 from the Aviator Sound Studios from somewhere in Southern California. On today's flight, Alex D and I discuss winter flight schedules, how not to show up for an airline interview, and the best way to get your airline application looked at. We also have the honor in speaking with a guest who has work experience on both sides of the cockpit door. All this and more on this, the 142nd episode of the Squawk end Podcast. Well, joining me today is an outstanding aviator and squawk at end co-host. He is a former U.S. Navy Reserve's Chief Information Systems Technician or Certified Flight Instructor and an Embraer 175 pilot and pilot recruiter for Sandpiper Regional, the alias to one of Legacy Airlines' wholly-owned regional airlines. Joining us today from his home podcast studio, where he is recovering from a three-day trip that stranded him in Tulsa for days. From his newly remodeled studio from somewhere in Justin, Texas, please help me in welcoming to the show our very own Alex D. Alex? you
1: cool well i'm alive that's for sure um it's cold really cold outside i think it's a whole whopping like 15 degrees out in texas which i'm getting faces from olivia because she's in chicago but uh that's cold for texas um but no it's good um just happy to be back starting season six
0: Six. It's my fourth I year. I was on
1: in season four. I, that's where I got the confusion. Yeah. Season six. Wow.
0: Can you believe that? Wow. I don't know. How does this thing work?
1: Yeah, well, so I, for those
0: geez. of you out there listening in the in the podcast land, you know, wait a minute. He's only been on since 2019. So 2019 was season one at the end of two. And we didn't go the whole year. I started this like towards the end of the year. And then I went, well, first of the year, we'll call it a new season. Let's. I don't even know how long I'm going to be doing this and then every year after that has been a new season so it is six right
1: yeah we're we're, i guess if you want to call it 2024 would start season six wow
0: wouldn't that be season five though
1: well well, uh, but you started season one and then you went to season two in 2020 season 21
0: Season. season three 22 season four yeah 20. yeah Five, yeah. yeah, I guess. Wow, man, we've been yeah. on the air a long time, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, except uh we're getting crushed in the ratings. <laughs> well, we need to we need to do these more often. Well, you
0: know. yeah. Why don't you come over here and do all that post edit work for me and come up with show ideas? To, I got a brand new computer, and
1: I will gladly start doing post editing stuff to to take some load off of you.
0: Yeah. See, this is this is the way it needs to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, get somebody else oh, wait a minute, I sound like a freaking airline manager. Let's just contract out the work to everybody else. This is what we're going to do. All right.
1: You, you know get... what we, really need? we really need a Liz. I think a Liz would help us out tremendously.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm nowhere near close retirement or neither are you. So, you know, yeah. Captain Jeff, if you're listening. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, hey, we could put that out to, to Captain Jeff when uh, he retires. We'll gladly accept a, a Liz-like oh, He position. retired,
0: my friend. His birthday was the day after mine
1: no shit
0: yeah I mean, well, where have you been? that
1: shows how long it's been since i've listened to podcasts
0: yeah really yeah well we've all been listen. very busy ladies and gentlemen been very busy i barely
1: busy. listen to ours anymore
0: <laughs> oh i'm offended as i should you're,
1: be well look i've been busy still, too that last episode we just recorded is still sitting in my to listen
0: okay yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to talk the hr department's gonna contact you soon we're gonna start talking about uh do, disciplinary do i need to turn action. the shirt in is that what it yeah, is? Maybe, maybe. You might need some recurrent training there, buddy. Some uh, Captain Charm school or something. No, but hey, we've all been busy. You know, I've been busy. We've last On the last show, we talked about the TDY and how that works and, and how I ended up in the other side of the country, really, uh, in DCA for the month. And then for February, I, I don't know what my schedule is, but, you know, January, I've been on short call reserve. Now, let me explain this to you, Alex, because you guys don't have short call, long call, do you?
1: Yes, we, we have sh- we have long, short, and airport standby. We have all three, my friend, so uh, I know how it works. See, we there don't have airport standby,
0: but we have line holders that sit at airports for three and four hours in between sequence trips and things like that, so they're they're called line holder reservists. But anyway, so uh, no, we've all been busy. I've been on short call for January. Uh, my short call ended at 4 p.m. tonight. I had a Zoom call with uh, some of my cadet uh, mentees and Olivia we're going to introduce her in a minute she was part of that Uh, and we're really excited about what's going on in the industry in general aviation and all those that are studying right now getting their ratings and getting ready to insert themselves into this wonderful journey in aviation and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show but let's let's just continue on without further ado, because the new format, <laughs> let's see if it actually happens. It's going to be like around an hour or so, maybe an hour and a half on the longer shows. Let's see if it can happen because no more three-hour shows. It's just, okay. you know, let's let the other podcast do three-hour shows. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, Alex is like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. introduce her, okay? Our Her journey in aviation started out in the year 2018 when she started a job at Legacy Airlines as a flight attendant. On a long delay on the ground in Boston one night, She sparked a conversation with her captain, who took the time to encourage her to look into a career as an airline pilot. After applying to the Legacy Airlines' cadet program, she got in. Now, she is a graduate from her flight school. She holds a CFI-II and a type rating in a CE-680 Sovereign jet. She has surpassed the 1500-hour mark and is ready to make the jump from the 135 operation to 121. Please help me in welcoming to the show, Miss Olivia G. Olivia, how you doing?
2: Hi. (laughs) How you doing? Good, good. Um, It's actually negative eight over here, so Alex, you can quit complaining. (laughs) My car door was frozen shut today.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, you know, Chicago is very unforgiving in the wintertime, and being based there on and off for 13 years... With Sandpiper, I, I feel your pain, Olivia.
2: You already know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Have that hey, alcohol so. bottle ready to go so you can squeeze it around your door and try to get it open.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My whole thing is at least we don't have the alligators, earthquakes. I'm so far inland of the city. There's no tornadoes, so a little bit of cold I can handle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, just get ready because pretty soon you'll be doing those walk-arounds. And, you know, doing that inspection, make sure you have your mittens and your beanies. <laughs> and I even actually had these little rubber, um, kind of like the, I forget what they're called, something cat claws or something. They're like little rubber booties that you put on your shoes with little tiny metal like bolts underneath it. And it's to slip over your running shoes when you run on ice and snow. Well, I put that under my uniform shoes and when I do my walk around because. All it takes is one slip and fall and you're out.
2: That is true. I'm pretty spoiled, honestly, because the 135, the plane is in the hangar. You do your whole walk around out there. <laughs> it's pretty nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was in Tulsa and it was negative eleven Celsius out and the wind was blowing, which made it like the wind chill factor worse. And it yeah, it was bad. And that was that was when we got stranded with the the Thrust reverser breaking, Yeah. Yeah, it was not fun.
0: Yeah. Well, thrust reversers are highly overrated. You can meL those, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you can, <laughs> but when it's deployed and it doesn't want to go back, you can't, you know, take off
0: oh, at all. Yeah. So that explains why you were stuck there for a few days.
1: It wasn't a few days. It was all day. We landed at 930 and I didn't get back to Dallas until we left there at like 445.
0: Oh, so why are you complaining?
1: <laughs> because I was stranded in Tulsa. Who wants to be stranded in Tulsa at the airport? Well, there's a lot the of people
0: from Tulsa you. that would have an argument with you right now. But let's <laughs> let's not people go. People
1: in Tulsa, were leaving Tulsa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's what happens uh, during the wintertime, right? So first, first things first. Let's get to you, Olivia. Let's let's discover all about your journey in aviation. And it's been a pleasure meeting you. You and I met. Uh, Very pretty recently, a few months ago, uh, through this Legacy Airlines' Cadet Academy program. I became a mentor. I've kind of talked about that on the show. And I was really looking forward, and they call it a pod. So every mentor has a pod of students. And I ended up with five, I think. Now I'm down to, well, really three. Um, So you have the pod. and, And Olivia, who has Already gone through the program, who was a mentor herself in the program, who is now, as we uh, discussed in the intro, working her way through to build her time so that she can get the minimum hours to apply to the wholly owned regional airline, which is part of the whole program. Um, she was assigned as uh, kind of an, an assistant mentor for me. Really, she had more experience with the mentoring part of it. And I just brought in the aviation part where. I've gone through all this in the last 20 years, and so I'm here to basically answer questions, uh, help out, uh, hopefully kind of do some mentoring and some motivation uh, for those that kind of, we've all had it when we're learning how to fly going through our program where we kind of get stuck or maybe we didn't do so well on an oral or something, and then we just need uh, to talk to our mentor to assure us that you know everything's going to be okay, or try doing it approaching it this way or try approaching it that way um and mostly that's what my role has been and olivia has been fantastic with helping me navigate this this whole program because i'm very new to it um and olivia i just want to say right off the bat thank you for all your help
2: of course yeah it was just a little bit different this year um the prior years we didn't have like a pod leader so i think that having you come along and share even more knowledge because I feel like I'm that bridge of I was just in that seat mm-hmm. and you're so far from the seat that they're in currently, um, you bring a different aspect of the mentoring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's been a, an interesting journey. Obviously, I can't really talk about the specifics of everything that uh, my pod has experienced But I can say that in general, uh, a lot of the cadets that are selected into the program are very much prepared, ready to go. They have an idea already of what's expected of them. The program helps bring that all out. But there are always those in any program that are going to have a hard time. And some really have a hard time because the attitude is just not there to. Take the bull by the horns and take responsibility and say, "Hey, you know what? I did mess that up, but I'm going to study a little harder, uh, and I'm going to, you know, maybe approach this from a different aspect, or I'm going to ask my peers for help." You know, those are the ones we want uh, in the training center and in the training environment. And then there are those that just are so easily ready to blame everyone else uh, and not own up to responsibility. And I think those are the ones that don't make it through. So. Alex is raising his hand because he and I have had a little bit of a discussion about this already okay. because Alex is in pilot recruitment. So Alex has seen a little different side of this and he's had, he can't again, talk about specifics. Obviously there's a lot of NDAs that have been signed, but he can discuss the generality of what he's seeing. And what are you seeing, Alex?
1: With the uh, Legacy Airline Cadet Program versus the uh, regular cadet program that the Holy Holyones run, when we get one of the Legacy cadets coming in for their interviews, it almost seems like they have this arrogant, entitled, that the interview, the job is theirs, and that they don't really have to try, and they bomb the interview terribly. And then they wonder why that they bombed it and they're not getting hired. It, on, on occasion no... yeah okay i'll give on occasion but um
0: so what do you mean alex so- when you say that you know i'm kind of hinting towards you know allegedly and you know in you know
1: in generalities in
0: generalities yes. what are what are you hinting to are you saying that there's kind of a they're not prepared and they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and this is obviously a generality because not everybody can be like this or would you say that you're seeing it more often than not
1: if we're talking generalities i'm seeing it more often than not okay and it's it's disheartening because you've got these these kids that are are throwing themselves into debt for for going through a flight training and olivia can probably speak to that that it's it's a tough pill to swallow just to get into the door regardless of if it's through the legacy airlines cadet academy or on your own it's a hundred plus thousand dollars and you would think that these, these kids would come with a little bit more i wouldn't say gusto but a little bit more excitement a little bit more like i'm showing up to a job interview you know um this wasn't me but this was one of the guys and this is a specific that I could talk about because it happened and uh they had to ask the guy he he was a legacy airlines cadet. They had to ask him to to leave and come back for his interview because he showed up in um a good pair of jeans and a polo shirt. Okay? To a airline interview.
0: Well, it's not Virgin America or at least the def- you know the once Virgin America where If you wore a tie, they'd cut it off of you. And you're like, hey, my grandpa gave me that tie. Um, So yeah, uh, I can understand how those mistakes can happen, especially when you're young. But you should be prepared. You should come ready for an interview. So what I'm getting from what you're telling me is that maybe there's an attitude of the job is mine. And I just have this interview as a formality. Yes. Are you saying that's not the case? Nope. OK,
1: it's still it. What people fail to realize in the, the, the Cadet Academy program is it's a guaranteed interview, not a guaranteed job. It's a guaranteed interview. And okay. that's the point that doesn't get stressed is it's still an interview. You still have to wow us. You still have to, you know, pass your tech knowledge and you still have to pass your HR side. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to do that, then like, why are we going to hire you?
0: If you're not prepared, you're not going to get it. In other words, it's a guaranteed invitation
1: for an interview. Right. Right. Not
0: a guaranteed pass.
1: No, not at all. And the the big thing that really, I would say, irks me about all of it is the fact that if you do just a little bit of research or just a little bit of like Googling, you can go out there. And there's websites because uh, I used it. Uh, to get yourself the internet gouge for not just our company but all the other airlines out there, and it, it, it may be just as simple as getting questions. But that's the that's the cheap version. Uh, there's some that are out there that will go through your logbooks and audit your logbooks and give you a mock interview for that airline that you're going to go interview with. I mean, you'll pay upwards of like six seven hundred dollars for that, but. I mean, if you're really serious about getting a job, like why would you not put forth a little bit of effort?
0: Yeah. So you still think as a recruiter that interview prep is very valuable?
1: Oh yeah, 100%. Um, and that's why I said like the, the I mean, the simple one of what was it? Airline interviews or aviation interviews? I forget what it is. Olivia can probably answer it because she's probably looked at that website. If she has it, she needs to. Um, <laughs> well,
2: I will definitely be looking at that website. <laughs>
1: I forget if it's airline interviews or aviation interviews, but like, it's, I want to say it's like, it used to be, and I looked at it recently and I was like, Oh, they up their prices just for that. But, um, it used to be like 30 bucks a month would get you access to like five different airlines so that you could pick and choose, you know, which airlines you wanted to look at or you could do like $20 a month for one airline. now it's, the prices have gone way up, but, um, they it's definitely worth it because it does give you the 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 technical aspects the the gouge that's out there for us the you know not just us but like sky west republic mesa you know southwest american united there's all the different airlines have their gouges out there so
0: yeah i just looked it up while you were where you were saying that i'll put a link in the show notes um aviation interviews.com According to their website, they uh, help prepare you for an airline interview, both for pilots, flight attendants, actually, and dispatchers as well. They've helped 207,000-plus aviation professionals prepare for their interviews, increasing your chances of being hired. And from their homepage, you can read what employers are asking in their interviews. Uh, so you there's a little questionnaire that you answer. And they have 993 pilot study guide questions ready to go and 273 flight attendant study guide questions as well. So it's not just for pilots, Uh, you know, any kind of airline job for flight crew or cabin crew or even dispatchers. You can be 100% better prepared if you take advantage of some of these services that are out there. And it sounds like the people that well, I'd say from a kind of a personality perspective, right? Because that's what we do when we're looking to hire somebody. You've said it before, Alex. The main thing is, is this potential employee an asshole? That's that's really what it all comes down to. If I'm going to fly mm-hmm. a four-day trip with you and you're going to sit next to me in a phone booth-sized cockpit or flight deck or whatever you want to call it, it – At the end of the trip, am I gonna wanna text you sometime and go out and have a beer? Or do I hope I never see you again? And that's really what it boils down to. Yes, everyone can pretty much pass the technical knowledge you've been preparing and studying, and that all kind of stuff has nothing really to do with personality. One could argue that how prepared you are does, but if you've taken the time to do the interview prep, you're gonna be prepared and in the right mindset. That means that you really want this job, And you will do the work in order to come prepared, like for every single flight. Or do you walk in with your flip flops and your cutoff jeans and your tank top, get your sunglasses and be like, yeah, I'm here for my interview. Yes, I have heard of that happening in the real world. And uh, no, they didn't get the job. Um, And you don't want that reputation. So yeah, Alex, thank you for that heads up. Um, at first, can I was I also, worried. Sorry,
2: can I also play a little devil's advocate here? Because I completely understand what you're saying, and I'm not trying to dismiss it. But do you think it could also be that there's such a shortage of pilots? Because I've heard people say this, where they're like, well, they need me. They need me more than I need them, basically, is some oh. people's mindsets. Cool. Oh. you think that it could be because of the shortage that maybe people are starting to act a little bit more entitled. Yes,
0: it's happening more often.
1: I will, I will agree with that. I will, I will definitely agree with that. But uh, from the recruiting aspect, um, we have over 4,000 applications on file.
2: Oh, on, I know. On Pol- file. Hold mine. Pol- oh. I'm ready. Well,
1: that, but that's what I'm saying. Is like, I have 4,000 applications on file. Like, if you're going to be an entitled, spoiled brat about it, I'm just going to go grab somebody else out of that stack. Right, Because like, right. there's 4,000 other applicants who I guarantee you would show up prepared and they're the same qualification level you are. Why am I going to choose you over these other 4,000 people? So wait oh. a minute.
0: You're saying that there isn't a pilot shortage.
1: No, I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm saying that th- companies are throttling back and doing different things to control the flow of pilots coming in.
0: Exactly. We've seen this. We've read these articles. There are There are cargo companies... Uh, even uh, mainline and regional companies that are throttling back their hiring. Why? I thought we had a pilot shortage. I thought my, it's the greatest time in aviation to get in aviation. I can get a job anywhere. I can show up in my underwear and they'll hire me. Right? We've heard this. But I think the tides are starting to turn. There's a little bit of unrest in this industry with how many incidences are happening and for those that are watching, yes, that is a 737 simulator behind me on the on the green screen with the open door policy right there on the left-hand side. Um, but it uh, it is definitely, uh, I can start to see this throttling back of hiring, which means they really what it is, it's not a pilot shortage. I think it's a training department shortage of staff. So the training department has to slow down their hiring so that they can catch up with how many new hires are waiting for simulator rides check rides ioe they need to get everybody back on on task on schedule so that they can get those pilots those new hires out on the flight line and qualified before they overwhelm the training center even more and i think that's why we're throttling back it's not because the pilot shortage is starting to go away i think it's The training departments just can't keep up. And so if that's the case and we can throttle back, now we have a couple moments to take a breath and select our new hire candidates a little bit more carefully because we don't have a deadline looming over us. So, I mean, is that a pretty accurate assessment there, Alex?
1: Um, I can't neither confirm nor deny some of these things.
0: Thank you for confirming yeah.
1: that. So <laughs> that, that, that is that is uh, an NDA that i have no that, that I can no longer uh, speak of.
0: Well, yeah. So Legacy Airlines and Sandpiper both, uh, uh, yes, uh, we have we can neither confirm nor deny any of that kind of stuff. Yep. But uh, but let's get back to you, Olivia. So we we've talked a little bit about what you got yourself into. You started out as a flight attendant. What? Why did you get into Aviation to begin with, was the flight attendant route something you were always thinking about?
2: No. So, my whole life, I just, pun intended, I just wing it. Um, I was actually going to school to become a traveling nurse. My mom called me and she was like, Do you even like nursing? And I was like, No, but I really love traveling. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, you should become a flight attendant. I put one resume into Legacy Airlines. I got a call back to fly down to Texas and I was so confused. I didn't know how competitive aviation was or the field was because when we walked in, they were like, congratulations. And I looked totally out of place. Everybody had their buns in their scarves on, but I just showed up like me and I thought we all got the job because they were telling us congratulations, but they were like, no, congratulations for making it this far. Oh, (laughs) oh man. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. I've, I've heard the horror stories of uh, hiring on the flight attendants and it's like a multi-step process. And once you get that invite to, to the, the HQ, that's like, everybody's freaking out because at that point there's, you know, the, a lot of steps that you guys have gone through just to get to that point.
2: Right. So I don't have any family in aviation. I didn't know what to expect. I just showed up for an interview with my blazer, my pencil skirt. I was ready to go. And I became a flight attendant. I lived out on the east coast for some time. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is a really fun lifestyle. I love traveling. But you know what I love more is being in control and money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true pilot.
2: (laughs) So I met a super awesome mentor on a really long delay, like you said, in Boston. And he told me about the cadet program, Mm -hmm. told me I should apply, and wrote me a recommendation letter. And from there, it's all history.
0: Yeah. So talk, talk us through this cadet program for legacy airlines. Now you were at the legacy airlines, uh, cadet application process, right? That's, that's how you started. You didn't do the, the regional wholly owned cadet program. And, and then maybe Alex, you can, after she's done, you could kind of explain the difference between the two. Cause I, I actually don't know, but, um, so you you applied to the program. Did you get called for like an interview to get in the program or did they just send you an email going, you're accepted? How did that
2: work? So this, this again was in mid 2018. So it could be different by now.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: However, you, you go down to Texas and they do probably about 15 people in one room. You do kind of like an on the spot, quick, 20, 15 minute interview. If they like you, they pull your application and your name. And again, this was five years ago. So who knows how they do it now. And then if they pulled your application because they liked you, they would send you down to, I like to call it a boppet test. They sat you in front of a computer and it like, it had like a bop it format on it. And if you saw a yellow circle, you had to click the yellow circle. If you heard a tone in your right ear, you had to click on the right pedal that was on the floor. Um, so we did probably about two hours of this testing. Whoa. There was, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. I thought in my mind, I was like, oh, they must be testing for like ADHD or something because you had to pay like a lot of attention to it. Mm. Um, and then after that, they sent us all home and emailed us, "Hey, these are the schools that are available to you at the moment, um, and then here are the ones where you can be waitlisted."
0: Hmm. So it's like a hand-eye coordination exam.
2: Yes, to see and then, if then also you can
0: manipulate controls.
2: Controls, you know, not ads. looking back. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and then also more of like an attention span as well. I see. So they had one where there was a, a circle like that would cover the whole screen made up of little circles. And you had to watch this little circle go to every single circle around it. And if it skipped a circle, you had to press your space bar.
1: Oh, wow. So it is a bop it.
2: It was, it was literally a bobble. It. it was pretty fun, honestly, minus the circle one. I was like, oh, this is so tedious.
0: Oh, wow. So I, I've, never, I've never heard of such a thing. So this is, they had you go through this, and you obviously you passed that test, and, and then they sent you an email and said, hey, congratulations, you're in? Yes. Wow. Okay. So, so that process, how long did that take? Was that like a, a long wait? time to hear back or did they tell you pretty much immediately
2: so luckily for me the cadet program the legacy cadet program was just starting Mm. right um so it probably took two weeks to do all of everything yeah your intake
0: and all that yeah right okay so okay so you got into the program and then you selected a school that they had i think five at the time or is that about accurate
2: yeah no they had three at the time only three
0: okay so that's the first year of the program yeah right so and you decided to go where
2: i decided to go to shore on the west um i had just always wanted to live in that city i visited it frequently Mm -hmm. um and also, it was the only place with available slots. I see.
0: And for those of you listening going, wait a minute, I've never heard of Shore Flight School. It's an alias, obviously. The uh, Shore Flight School uh, out on the West Coast somewhere. So, for those of you who like puzzles, figure it out. And, and that program oh, I know, there. I know what it is. Oh, <laughs> for you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, so, the program, uh, I'm taking it kind of like it was a... Uh, well, what many refer to in the industry as a kind of like a flight farm, where you go in part 141 and you kind of every day, five days a week, you're either doing classroom and flight training or double up on classroom or double up on flight training. Is that what it was like or was it anything different?
2: So that's correct. Um, at, we did six days a week though. Oh, wow. We would do one hour of ground every single day and then a flight as well. Okay. So we were there for a total of Give or take three and a half hours, six days a week.
0: I see. Damn. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a commitment. You know, um, a lot of people that have listened to the show or that have thought about getting into aviation that maybe got their private pilot license through a, a Part 61 operator, like a, a King's School program or something where they're doing all their ground school online. And then they show up after they do the lesson plan. They print out the lesson plan for the instructor. They go up in the Cessna 172 and you go and you learn how to look at a six pack and do some touch and goes. And then you come back and you do the next online program and so on and so forth. But with Nothing the, wrong with that. No, that's how I that's how I got my private. Um, that's how I did all my ratings. But then it's kind of a culture shock when you get into a program where like you gotta some some of these places you even have to wear uniforms and you don't, know what your, you don't know what your schedule is until five o'clock the day before. And so it's very much catered to an airline training facility. And is that what shore is like?
2: I would say that's extremely accurate. Um, we did not know our schedules until the next, you know, until 5 p.m. for the next day. Uh, but I had a fabulous time. I uh, don't knock like 61 people because it's all the same rating. however for me personally i need that structure like i needed to be held accountable to be there every day of course the loan was pretty holding me accountable um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, mm. it also helped to have you know the schooling aspect of it of like holding me accountable
0: yeah, yeah, the, the financial burden that it takes to be a pilot at this level is definitely something that keeps a lot of people from doing it and following their dream, and they end up settling for some other job and some other career. And and you know we've talked about this for years now on the show um, on how expensive it is, and there are uh, ways around it, um, and you don't have to do it all in ten months or twelve months, and you know go to one of these programs where you're at a flight farm and you're there every day, you can do one day a week, maybe two or three times a month. Anything less than that is probably financially a detriment because then you've got to catch up every first half of every lesson because you don't remember uh, what you did the night before or the couple days before. Um, so, But these these programs are really catered to get you through as efficiently and as quickly as possible. Now, the cadet program, other than say congratulations you're in and here's a kind of school you have to go to in order to be qualified for the program to eventually get invited to an interview um was the cadet program did it benefit you in any way other than kind of pointing you in the right direction
2: oh my gosh i have it's been five years and i have some of the best friends i've ever made there I still talk to all my instructors. Um, I think it really benefited in like the growth aspect as well because I never went away to college. So this was my first time on my own. You know, I was
1: twenty-one. Your college experience.
2: My college experience, exactly. I was twenty-one, so I was like an adult, but I had never experienced like that level of growth and freedom. Yeah, um, I think it really helps, like with people skills with managing your time you're managing your money especially yeah because when you're in this program you can't have a job because you don't know your schedule for six days out of the week
0: yeah
2: um but i think the best outcome was definitely the long-term lasting friendships i made there
0: yeah we used to call that networking you remember that oh (laughs) <laughs> Network networking, where you'd ha- you go on like a Vista print and you print out like 300 business cards with your name and a you know, you know I'm private pilot, you know, aspiring airline pilot. And you and then whenever you'd meet someone in the industry, you'd be like, hey, would you write me a letter of recommendation? And you'd hand them your little, you know, printed business card. Um things have changed a little bit. Networking is now more branding ma- marketing. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's definitely something that is crucial in this industry uh, because I have said it a million times, right, Alex? You never yep. know who you're going to meet. And the, your instructor today might be your chief pilot tomorrow or your student today might be your you know, director of flight operations at your future career who's everybody's boss. you know. So yeah, it's, it's, it's so important to learn and develop your skill set, not just in the aircraft and in aviation and in aerodynamics and weather and all these systems that you have to learn, it's also important to develop how to get along with people. One of the biggest questions I used to ask everyone that I interviewed at the end of the interview was always, how do you deal with conflicting personalities on the flight deck? And the reason I asked that question is because after a long career, over two decades, on on the flight line, I can tell you that I've seen some pretty messed up things. <laughs> some people that have like had no business being captains, or they had no business being around airplanes, uh, because their personalities were just horrid and unsafe, and just downright they were assholes. That's you know at the end of the day, that's that's what it was. And so it's so great that the programs now develop uh, the skill sets needed to handle those situations and to learn how to really talk to people that are different than you. We'll be right back right after a brief message from our sponsor.
1: Well, there was one thing that you did say that like people don't realize when you're going into flight training is that if you're going to go to a, a a flight farm or a puppy mill or whatever you want to call it type of, of industry is you have to treat it like it is your full time job. Like you have to make it your your life for how long was the program at shore? Like
2: so it was uh, it's quoted as a year. However, throughout my training, we did hit covid. So there was a little upset in that. Along with, um, there's a pilot shortage, of course, but there's also a DPE shortage. Yep. So it was taking, you know, a good amount of time to get those check rides done.
1: Yep. So, and trust me, I w- I did my flight training out of Southern California, so I was in that DPE shortage and COVID time as well. So I trust me, I was I I, I felt it all, and it like in total, how long did it take you?
2: Well, it took me. 14 or 15 months.
1: Okay. So, I mean, that's in real is realistically with the COVID and the DPE shortage, that's not bad, you know, it, it, after what they quoted you of a year. So that's only three months more than what they quoted you.
2: Right. Yeah. It wasn't bad uh, at all.
1: But you, you also treated it like you should have as a full-time job and you were there six days a week, you know, three and a half, four hours a day. And when you probably got done, you probably buried your face into some books or some aviation, something or other to continue with the the learning process. And that's what people don't realize is you, you go through that and it's a full-time job. Like you're you're, you're aviation day in and day out for, you know, I know, um, the, the huge puppy mill one that's out there right now. Um, I don't know what we're going to call it, but, um, the big one that's nationwide, Tony. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want you to could say ATP. The name of it.
0: Why not say ATP? Airline okay, Transport. AT- they're in every mag, aviation magazine, in there. And now, instead of instead of saying we train you for direct entry into an Embraer 175, now those ATP ads are saying we train you direct entry to an Airbus A321 for Frontier Airlines, and it's it's a fact. It's a lot of these flight farms, flight schools, puppy mills, whatever you want, whatever nickname you want to give them. That's what they're doing. They are getting you the minimum education and the minimum time necessary in order for you to achieve your type rating and get into a 121 operator. And the biggest 121 operator they can potentially get you in right now is going from CFI to Airbus type rating. And then once you have your minimum time, over to a low, ultra low cost carrier. And the reason they're doing that is because the ultra low cost carriers are are not able to hire people anymore because they're getting hundred thousand dollar bonuses to jump ship and go to, from one regional to another. Why would you go, you know, to, to ultra low cost carrier where they can't pay you the same rates and the contracts aren't as good? Maybe, I don't know, but that's what they're doing now. So by doing so, they not just create, they don't create loyalty, but what they're doing is they're creating someone who doesn't have much experience out there. They're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to get a call from United or Delta yeah. and going, hey, by the way, uh, so you got a job at Frontier with 1500 hours and the only time you have is in a Cessna 172. So, hey, you know, it's not, they're not going to
1: do yeah. that. So it's, Frontier it's is kind of guaranteed. Go ahead it's it's going to get to that point where the big ones are going to start looking at these you know ATPs and and shores and um CAE all these all these different ones now and they're going to be like well we we need people you know the the, the legacies are going to start getting to that point i know that we're it's starting with the the low cost the ultra low costs but even still like y- y- people still it's don't realize that going to a flight school, is a full-time job. If you, if you're serious about making this career, it's a full-time job. Now, if you're just getting, you know, a onesie twosie here and there, yeah, by all means, go save money, go do, you know, part-time, you know, once, twice a week, whatever, you know, do that. That's the easiest route for somebody who's just like, I want to get my license because it's been a bucket list of mine. Cool. Do that. But if you're serious about this, you have to commit yourself to one of these academies and you have to give up the better part of a year to to do it. Like I know ATP quotes zero to hero in 10 months. um, And it's like $120,000. And that you're, you're asking a 18, 19, 20 year old kid. You were 21. Hey, go, go ahead and take out this $100,000 loan.
2: It's at a 9% interest rate. Oh
1: God. So oh God, that, that hurts my brain.
0: Let's talk like, about this for a second because we've 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 dedicated uh, entire shows to this in the past. So I made the big mistake because I was young and naive. They said, "Hey, we're going to get you this loan, and because you can't work, we 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 say you should pull out an extra twenty grand so you can pay for an apartment while you're studying and for a year." And fine. And I was like, okay, uh,
4: I'll do it. I just want a flare oh, okay. no, yeah, right sign. Right Where do I, so I sign?
0: Do I you want to read the contract? No, outside. no, I'm, I'm good, man. I just, I'm, I'm sure you're honest and all that. Let's sign the paperwork. So yeah. I did that. And then they go, hey, and you don't have to pay back this loan until you are actually employed at a 121 carrier. So that way, because you're not going to be making much money as an instructor. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's a really good deal there. Okay. And then. Uh when I got a job, six months after I got a job, I got this nice letter in the mail that says, oh, by the way, you now owe us, you know, I think it was like $790 a month. Yeah. And and your <laughs> and your student loan was, I think, at, at the high point, right when I graduated, was like $89,000. I mean, this is a while back, okay? And then by the time I, I started paying it back, it was, oh, it's now $125,000. I'm like, what? what? Oh, yeah, that interest in your case 9% was occurring the whole time right
3: oh yeah. yeah yeah
0: so now now that we have this current you know uh career progression where regionals are paying as much in some cases as wide body captains are getting paid um yeah you get that you get that signing bonus don't spend it do you, you take a chunk of that and Put it in an interest bearing account and then start chipping away at that student loan as soon as possible and get that interest rate gone. It doesn't matter how you right. do it, get it gone because the tax breaks are not worth it. 120, 140, 160,000 plus in some of these cases.
1: But get here's that the thing, Tony. Here's paid. the thing. The, those student loans that they're taking out, yes, they are a student loan and that's what they are, but they're not a federally backed or federally protected student loan it is Correct. basically a privatized loan that they are putting a stamp on as a student loan so
2: kind of like those Sally Mae ones
1: yes right that's that's exactly it. you're not getting any of the protections behind a regular loan that you would use for college for flight school it is right. literally a personal loan that uh in in Olivia's case that legacy airlines is co-signing on so that she can take out the Hundred thousand dollars needed right. to go. fly had a flight uh, at a flight school.
0: Because who's going to give a twenty-one-year-old one hundred and twenty k to go to school unless Nobody. you have someone cosign <laughs> for you? You know, so yeah, it's
2: but it's scary. That's that's the whole point. It's scary, um, but well, is it, it, it is it worth it? I I personally believe it was one hundred percent worth it. I think nothing motivates me more than money. And to know that I have that debt looming over me, it's more so like, well, I got, I have to get to the airlines now as soon as possible and start chipping this away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I would have known back then that it was a 9% interest rate because my dad was like, oh, what did you do? Yeah. But it all worked out in the end.
0: And it will, because you're in a good it will. spot. It yeah, will. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, don't, so the don't, cad- don't sweat it. Say that again, Alex. I'm, he said,
1: don't, "Don't sweat it. Don't sweat. Don't sweat that lo- that loan. It will work out. And with the the stuff that's in place from all the airlines at this point, whether it's Legacy or or Sandpiper or whatever, there's bonus money being thrown around um, so that you can." basically help pay off that that student loan yeah
0: right yeah and and, then, and the government whole government uh we're gonna pay off for student loan debt like you mentioned doesn't count it's not a it's not a government-backed loan <laughs> in most cases well, it's not um so yeah so be careful um make sure you read the fine print don't do what i did okay it sounds good. um but it is worth it i mean i look at me now i'm i'm gone through my trials and tribulations in this career and this journey in aviation. And uh, in the end, I think it was definitely worth it. Um, That, that student loan that originally was promised to me uh, quadrupled in size and one way, shape or form. I've dealt through multiple downturns. I've, I've gone through economic and fuel uh, crises uh, I've seen furloughs, I've received my own furlough notice in the mail. <laughs> so, I mean, I've I've lived through some of this and at the end of the day, it's still worth it. It's still a career worth having if you have the passion for it and you don't feel like you're entitled to it. So, yeah. I,
2: I, I will say too, like not to brag, but I think I am a little mature for my age, especially when I started flight school. A lot of, you know, 18, 19, 21, 22 year olds are not willing to give up that weekend at the bar. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I had already been, I had already had a a big girl job. I was a flight attendant. So like, I knew what it was like to skip out on the weekends and work all weekend Mm -hmm. and only have like Tuesday, Wednesday off. That, so that was an easy transition for me because I had already been living that. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is that there's nothing really cool happening out there anyways. Just stay home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
2: especially at that age. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you, you've gone through the program. You became a flight instructor. You spent how long flight instructing? About 12 months? I
2: spent about... a about a year
0: about a year yes okay and then you decided not to finish up your time being a flight instructor you decided to take the jump into the 135 or the charter operations um how did that process work did were you just looking for work out there and found it or how did that
2: so um san diego yeah Sorry, California, as you know, is expensive. Mm -hmm. My my instructing job paid me very minimal. So it was going to be very hard to keep paying rent, Mm -hmm. especially when my partner had moved on to Sandpiper. Um, So I started putting my resume everywhere in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And like you said before, um, making good impressions on people helps out. So I reached out to a assistant chief pilot friend who was under that 135 company and he said send me your resume. Can you interview next week? Nice. I said, "Of course." <laughs> um so it was really just a transition to get back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. However, it, it was a good transition. I I've enjoyed my time. It's not Ideal, but it works and it's turbine time. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So, and how is flying the Sovereign? Are you, I mean, you're dealing with Chicago weather. Has it been kind of a hairy few years of flying into weather or what's going on?
2: I mean, I love her. She can land virtually anywhere. Um, the winters aren't that bad. And essentially, what people on um the airline side don't realize is we're flying into those smaller airports um so there's not a lot of traffic in and out of them where whereas you're going to be holding for 30 45 minutes to get into atlanta we're going just south of that where nobody else is going so we get right in right out um the airports are pretty well maintained there are some airports where it's like the middle of nowhere and there's just corn surrounding your runway. Yeah. Those we probably wouldn't be able to get into during the winter. I don't think those plows are going very often. Um, I've never had, I mean, I've had delays into Florida, but I've never had to hold. I've never had to really delay for weather other than 30 minutes last week out of Chicago. Nice. Um, You're flying out of executive? So the actual... Yes, I'm flying out of Chicago executive. Yeah. So, the weather, as long as it's minimums, we're going. Yeah. Um, above minimums. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah. Minimums were better. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's great. And and as we mentioned in your intro, you've now gotten to that magical number. What's next? Are you? You've submitted your applications. You are ready to go and just wait for that interview.
2: Yes. So I submitted my time on my airline apps. Um, I called a recruiter from Sam Piper, And now I'm kind of just like Alex said, I'm just prepping for the interview. I'm getting all the gouges from all the people who went to shore with me and perfecting my resume. I'm sending it out to a few of my mentors. And that's kind of all I can do. Now it's just a waiting game. It was like a work really hard game, and now it's just get all your ducks in a row, brushing up on, you know, part 91 regs and stuff, and 121 rest requirements, all of that. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, Alex, what is the one question in an interview that seems to give most uh, applicants the hardest time?
1: Um, it's not really one. I would say it's more the general jet chart knowledge that I see is the main issue.
2: Because fly over versus fly by point.
1: <laughs> that's one of them. Um, I've read
2: my gouges. <laughs> just,
1: just a lot of, a lot of the fact that like, you, you, got, you gotta think that when Tony and I know how to read a jet chart, because it's what we do, it's what we deal with day in and day out. And right. you know we, we don't know any different. And at this point, I, if I looked at a, a, government chart, I'd probably hate myself of uh, that I used to actually use those things. <laughs> <laughs> but with with the the kids that are coming through now, like they don't touch a JEP chart. So they have no absolute knowledge on it. And it's, you know, they, they there's certain things on a JEP that's not on a, a government chart or vice versa, or the way that it's laid out or 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 whatever, that it seems to give them the most amount of struggles. Um, so that's generally the the biggest if I could say one thing to anybody who's listening out there, who's going to go for an interview at Sandpiper is know your JEP charts. Like that, that's, yeah. that, that would be my one thing. The HR side, they've knocked it down, um, from a bunch of questions. Now we just asked uh, a handful of HR questions. So those are not pretty, pretty tough. Um, if you can talk about yourself, um, you're pretty well good on that. Um,
0: My favorite HR question is, so there's uh, 20 applicants here today. Why should I hire you and not them?
1: You remember my dad's answer to that? (laughs) No, what was it? So my dad, I think he got interviewed at United or Continental or one of those. And it was basically that, like, so you got 3,000 hours in a 152. And, you know, this guy out here has got, you know, you know, 2,000 hours in an F4. Why should we pick you over him? And my dad went. I don't know why you should pick me. I'd pick him too. <laughs> yeah, and that was the end of my dad's interview. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for coming in today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't get that job. <laughs> um, But no, Um, the they, they've changed a lot of the HR process uh, for questions because like when I went through, I think we had like 10 or 15 different questions that we got answered like oh, wow. a uh, tell me I you know those type of questions yeah. all, all of those are kind of gone now i mean the, oh they don't the ask you I what are...
0: happens if the captain is uh, flying below minimums and you don't have the runway in sight what are you going to do go around yeah uh, <laughs> How how are you going to go around the captain's flying the airplane he's got he's he's the captain you, you, just, you say go you around and the captain goes i got it
1: you what? just keep putting it on the tape that's all you can do at this point is just keep <laughs> saying i'm got we should go around we should go around we should go around
0: can you cue the mic and go going around?
1: Yeah. Like
0: now he's now it's like everybody knows ATZ the FO just said he's going around. But yeah. They landed anyway. Uh oh, something's going on. Yeah.
1: Um, but like a lot of those went away. Um, so the HR side for, for our company is I would say fairly easy in comparison, but I mean, it's fairly easy in comparison just because a lot of the people were struggling with those questions like the, Hey, you show up to the airplane and the captain's got, you know, smells like alcohol. What do you do? Hey, where's mine? Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so those, those questions have gone away. Um, it's mainly, it's mainly into, to jet questions. It's, um, your, your general like 91 reg knowledge, your, you know, instrument regs, basically what I tell people when they come into to the interview in the morning, I say um, it's, Private or instrument commercial level questions. It's nothing too far out of your wheelhouse of where your knowledge base should be. Like I'm not going to say, hey, I'm a hydraulic molecule, take me through hydraulic system three.
0: Tomato. Right. Flavor. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Like so stuff like that. Like, I mean, if you if you have like all that basic stuff that you would be as an instructor teaching your students as yeah. a double I or, you know, um stuff stuff in the that kind of wheelhouse, you're going to pass the interview, at least on the 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 regulatory questions, yeah. right? Uh, It's the JEP knowledge that seems to to trip everybody up.
0: Well, it's the technical side of, and and it's really the most important side because, you know, you're going to, you're going to be taught systems. You're going to be taught uh, the operations, right? SOPs. They're not going to sit there and spoon feed you how to read a JEP chart. They're going to assume, you know, that they don't have time to teach you how to read IFR flight plans, the flight plan, like the company flight plan, they'll teach you, but the like how to read an approach plate? Not they don't have time for that. You should right. come prepared for that before the interview. You need to know how to read Jepp chart. And I think with flight and everything, that's gotten better. I think because people are using flight. they're not using paper charts anymore. But you still need to know how to read them. Not just a little little blue purple airplane, whatever color it is in your.
1: It's still it's still a a tough pill to swallow for that too because I mean you're paying. What is it? I don't even know how much for flight is now. It's like... what I think
2: it's like 90 for the basic, but you don't get the jet charts with the basic. Uh, that,
1: that's exactly it. So you have to pay whatever the, the, like, the more expensive one is, mm-hmm. plus the $200 a year JEP subscription on top of yeah. that. But
0: well, when I went to Pan Am Flight Academy in, in North Phoenix, uh, we didn't have... Cell phones and tablets, things like that, at the ready. I mean, we had like Nokia flip phones, things like that. Um, but uh, but we had to. Part of your your student loan was a portion of it was going to your annual student pilot subscription to Jeppesen because that's what the airlines used. So so I had to have my little leather bound Jeppesen binders yeah. and ready to go, yeah. and you know my little post it notes so that I can you know turn immediately to the ten nine page at my home airport, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's definitely worth a, little, a couple extra hundred dollars a year um, to have that. And you don't need to have the paper, but you should definitely have a subscription because your interview is going to be predicated mostly on that.
1: Well, right. not only that, but I know when I interviewed with, um, well, I'll just say it. When I interviewed with Sky West, Sky SkyWest sent me a, a whole, like I want to say it was like 50, 60 page gouge on just jet charts. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know where that is anymore because I've looked through my emails because people have asked me for it, so don't know where it disappeared to. I think it was like, like in an email from them that was then a link that you had to download. Mm. Oh. So, um, but it was a, like a 50, 60 sixty-page gouge of literally just how to read JEP charts, and I, like, I read that thing backwards, forwards, left, right, up, down, sideways. So they knew.
0: You you either knew it or you didn't, or you clearly didn't care. Because if you showed up to the interview, they gave they gave you the information. If you show up to the interview not knowing it, then
1: you're yeah, well, done. that's that's ex- that's exactly it. That right.
2: though, there are like little booklets out there for the Jefferson charts, and there's a link that's been shared all throughout my friends and I. Oh, cool. I mean, we're in a world of technology.
1: It's mm-hmm.
2: you Google it.
1: Yeah. What that's does exactly you know, the
2: star with the circle around it mean on a jet chart? And it'll bink right there.
1: Yep. Well, and that's, and that's what goes back to my, my original statement was like, if you're coming in for our interview unprepared, like in this age of technology that we live in, you're telling me that you couldn't take 10 minutes to Google and study how to read a jet chart because you don't even have to go to like live that whole gouge that I got. There's, I know bold method has one because I remember reading that. Like there are different websites out there that you can spend five, 10 minutes reading them and you can get a basic understanding of jet charts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of this podcast, what's the moral here? Well, we found out how Olivia started her journey from first on the cabin side of the cockpit door. And then through a little bit of motivation and some inspiration, Uh, was able to be inspired enough to apply to the Cadet Academy, then got accepted, did her time, committed to the studying, committed to the responsibility of being prepared, then got into the flying, flight instructor at first, 135 after that, and now, how exciting, she's getting ready to jump over to the 121 side and man, that is going to be the fire hose. Uh, I mean, Alex uh, was gracious enough to explain his entire process of what it was like. For like two or three podcasts in a row, uh, we had yep. live updates from your training at Sandpiper and, and the fire hose of information that you were receiving and, and how you got through it. And, and some of the best advice, I think was given on those shows because you were talking about how to prepare how to study how to not to get overwhelmed
1: how to relieve stress that whole process has changed now has it really yeah because um you remember keithan yeah yeah well so he's a he's a line pilot now (laughs) nice yeah um but he uh He was telling me when he was going through and I was like, wait, no, I thought this was before this and you had to do this and then you did this. And then, yeah. So even since I've gone through and that was in 2022, Mm -hmm. it's changed. Wow.
0: Yeah. So it's more streamlined now.
1: Sure. We'll go with that. Sure. Okay. (laughs)
0: You know, in this segment, I just wanted to thank one of our listeners who sent in some audio feedback. Mr. Alex Schaefer, who has sent us feedback in the past, sent me an email recently uh, with some audio. Now, this audio, he took our advice and he recorded a voice memo on his phone. So it's longer than the whole 60 second or 90 second thing from SpeakPike. And I am able to play it now. So he sent us this Email it says, Hey, uh, no longer restricted, Captain Tony. I wanted to write in and say Merry Christmas, and I left you a voice memo for the team attached. Took your advice and did the Apple voice memo, and had the pleasure of listening to the last few episodes while on a work trip in the Pacific Northwest. Definitely made the driving go faster. And
4: here is that audio. Hey, it's Clock Ident team. It's Alec calling from Texas. I uh, just wanted to say Merry Christmas and an upcoming Happy New Year to the team and everybody that's been on this year on the show. Uh, love listening to you guys' podcast. I've I've wrote in a few times um, over the years. Been a, been a fan since day one when it came out. Uh, just a little bit of background and, and let you guys know where I'm at on my journey. Uh, I got my 1,500 hours back in early November, and uh, I live here in, in the DFW area. And, uh, you guys will probably love this after one of your previous episodes, but I actually work out in Rome, Texas. So one of those fun things, hopefully your geography is not too messed up finding that one on the, on the maps there, but, uh, kind of need some help from you guys and, and maybe some advice. Uh, I've applied to, to all the regionals here and, uh, the only one that I've had any, any uh, luck in getting reached out to is one of the legacy holy owns based out of charlotte Um, i'd love to to get to one of the legacy holy owns that are based here in dfw so uh, i know uh, i know alex is a recruiter for one of those holy owns and was hoping maybe i could meet up with him and and chat and see if uh, there's any way i can get my resume to the top of the stack so i'm hoping that maybe things can can uh be worked out in the next few months for me. Um, uh, I interviewed with Flexjet earlier this month and uh, actually got offered the job, but before all the paperwork could get figured out, they decided to up their minimums to 3000 hours. Um, and so now I don't know if I have a standing offer there and waiting to get back to me on that. So, uh, and then just another quick update earlier this year, I, I wrote in and I uh, talked about getting into the Gulfstream Four right seat program here in Dallas, and I went ahead and did that, and a uh, great experience overall. The G4 is a great aircraft for its for its era. Um, unfortunately, I was only able to be there for about six months before I had to hang up my hat, just with with family. Uh, I've got two young kids now, and then also trying to be a CFI and, and work full-time as well. Uh just didn't fit in the schedule, so... Anyway, just wanted to write in, say thank you guys for uh, just letting me listen and and laugh with you guys on my my work road trips, and uh, just really enjoyed it over the years. Looking forward to next year's uh, season coming out. Merry Christmas. So uh, thank you so much, Alec,
0: for uh, speaking not writing in, but I guess writing in and sending us to audio. Um, I think we've answered a little bit of the questions that you've had, or we've answered the questions that you've had uh, in regards to the airline app. You just update them, update them, update them. Um, and I think Alex is uh, just dying to respond to the audio. What what advice can
1: you give Alec, Alex? Well, with that... Um... It goes back to what I was telling Olivia earlier. Just uh, keep your app updated, number one. Uh, Number two, Tony, give me his contact information offline because he's he's close to me. He said he lives out in Rome, Texas. Wait, I thought Rome was in Georgia. Nope, there's a Rome, Texas. Dang it. R H O M E. It's about about 10 minutes down, 114 that way from where I am. So um, send me his contact information and I'll gladly meet up with him. Uh, But. yeah, just keep your app updated. That that's the biggest piece of advice I can say. Um don't like don't try to rush through it. Just just keep your app updated and we will get back to you. I promise you that. There are there are things happening at the airline that I cannot speak about due to NDAs, but um yeah, just just keep your app updated. That's that's all I can say.
0: Well, I know it's getting late, and we're going to stick to the new format, folks. Uh, We're an hour into this show, and I, I just, I can't say thank you enough, Olivia, for spending the time with us today. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap it up?
2: No, thanks for having me, guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we normally we normally ask a bunch of questions at the towards the end of the interview, um, and today was kind of a a very casual uh, way to get your journey in aviation out there um but i will ask two questions that i like to ask uh the first is you know obviously doing something this complex and this intricate uh in terms of studying and knowledge base and retention of the knowledge and being able to apply it and everything it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of support from friends from family from those that have inspired you from mentors and if I could say, or if I could ask you, who was the one person that really made the most difference in this career progression for you, who would that person be, and what would you tell them?
2: Um I would have to say, like, my dad, uh, even though he has no aviation background or anything, but he was just my biggest cheerleader, my best support system. And I've already thanked him over. The moon a thousand times for just a sacrifice to my sister and I.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's wonderful. Thank you for for sharing that with us. True. No, it's it's absolutely it's 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 honest and and thank you for sharing that with us. You know, and thank you to your dad too, uh, for helping support you. Um and now the the last thing is, you know, we all stand on the shoulders of all the aviators that came before us. And you know, they've, they've helped us along the way. Those with more experience than us have, have guided us. And now you are really doing the same thing and guiding those cadets in the pod uh, that are working on everything from instrument ratings to commercial multis and, I mean, and, and so on and so forth. And you're dedicating so much time to them how important is it to you to give back?
2: You know, I don't really see it so much as like dedicating time. Um I just like to think everybody is my friend. <laughs> and I just like to think like I'm an ear if they need to ever complain. Um and every secret is kept safe with me. So, I don't I don't know. I think volunteering your time is very important, but I don't really see this as like Super voluntary, you know.
0: Yeah, it's just part of. Uh, it's more,
2: it's more fun. It's like fun. It's exciting to meet new people and have conversations, and I don't know. I just think it's really fun, more so than it's volunteering. Yeah. Oh, so well, thank you for <laughs> right? sharing that
0: too. That's you know, and Alex, you know, you've you've gone through it all, and you're now a couple years ahead of Olivia. Do you have any advice for her? on her journey that she's about to really, you know, for her to take
1: off, that she's about to embark on? Um, Honestly, the biggest thing I can say is don't rush the process, right? Like whatever goes on, whatever happens, whatever um, Sandpiper or anybody else kind of tells you to just kind of put, like, take that and take it for what it's worth. Um, don't rush through anything, especially into training. Don't try to just get there right? Like it will happen when it happens. That's, that's the biggest thing. Like it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, when schedules and when everything else can, uh, you know, match up uh, is really what it is. Um, But also enjoy the process because it's your first time going through a 121 carrier. It's a lot different than flying 135 and 91 and instructing and all that stuff. So don't, you know, Enjoy. It's going to suck. I'm going to tell you that it's going to suck, but enjoy that process while you can, because once you get through it and you're like, man, you look back, you're like, oh, that was easier than I expected it to be. And then when you get to um, a bigger airline, like I've had buddies that have gone on to Southwest and United and they're like, man, like you don't realize how amazing it was, you know, at Sandpiper or, or you don't know how amazing it is to come over to an airline where you're actually treated like an adult or, you know, like it, it just <laughs> the perspective shifts and the perspective changes. And it's like, enjoy the process in each stage that you're at. Yeah. You know, I, I had my first flight instructor when I got my instructor rating, I'm still in contact with him to this day um, since 2006. Like we're still good friends and we still talk periodically. And he told me when I got my instructor, he's like, enjoy it. Enjoy that process because when you get to the airlines, you're going to look back and go, "Man, I wish I could still, you know, be doing something along those lines or you know, doing that." And Tony's, I see Tony nodding in agreement because, like, if Tony could right now, he would uh, get back and slam a 172 into the ground and bounce it. I mean, hey. um, Grace landed on the <laughs> runway. I told um, you
0: I'd flare too high.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, so. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. That would be my biggest piece of advice is enjoy each part of each process that you're going through.
2: Yes. Can I just say one more thing too, is that um, like volunteering to do, to be a mentor for the cadet program, it also brings me with so many opportunities, right? Like I would have never met you and I would have never met Alex and I would have never had this like fun little get together you know
0: yeah it's very true so, uh,
2: <laughs> you know what i mean i think that the more things that you do not necessarily looking at is like a volunteer aspect but more of like a fun opportunity to meet new people
1: yeah. well and that and that's it. at the end of the day is i you know on, on top of being um a pilot for, for Sandpiper, right? I'm also, I'm a, a alpha mentor for the union, right? I, I have my group of mentees. I get five of them like every like four or five months, whenever it is that they cycle through and I'm supposed to keep in contact with them for their first year. Um, I do that. And then plus I'm in recruiting and all that stuff. So I get to reach out to, you know, meet new people, like as Tony says, networking, right? Um, <laughs> basically every day. Right. So, um, and it's just, it's a fun new time to meet new people. Like I'm definitely like, if you have any questions on anything of the process outside of this, like Tony set, uh, set up the the little group chat thing, just send me a, send me a message and we can talk and we can, you know, can give you, give you some pointers and some stuff to, to look for and do right. Right.
0: Uh, Don't show up in jeans and a polo shirt.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. You're gonna you're hundred percent get hired, you know, with that. Um, but the biggest thing I can say for you, and then this also goes to anybody else who's out there who hasn't heard back from from Sandpiper at this point. Um, keep your resume or keep your airline apps up to date with the most current. Like if you want to do it weekly, cool, do it weekly. If you want to do it daily, cool, do it daily. But that's going to keep you at the top of the pile. And you know we have to go through four thousand applications you know like how are we going to know who to pick from well the people who have theirs the most up to date
0: ah so so when that, you update your when you update your airline apps it kind of resets the clock is that what you're saying 100% it pushes it pushes you to the top of
1: the pile okay and we're grabbing from the top of the pile
0: you heard it because here because ladies and gentlemen update your airline apps today
1: Yeah, no, seriously, for those who out there who have apps in it, Sandpiper, if you know what Sandpiper is and know where to do it, keep your airline apps up to date. Don't email us that you've updated it, but just keep it up to date because that pile keeps ever growing and the way to keep yourself at the top is to update it.
0: Well, folks, uh, thank you so much. I want to say thank you to Alex for joining us today and giving us such uh, insight on the hiring process, on how to deal with uh, interviews and what to expect. I want to thank Olivia for sharing her journey with us today and for all the work that you're doing for all those Cadet Academy uh, mentees out there. You know, um, And we wish you the very best and we expect to hear back from you on the podcast on your process and, and how it all worked out for you. So, of So we got that to look forward to. And all of you out there in podcast land, please help us out by sharing this podcast online and with your friends. Be sure to subscribe or follow the Squawk Ident podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. We have a new platform, and I'm very excited about it, YouTube Podcast. So all the podcasts are now uploaded on YouTube. Now, the YouTube Podcast site only has audio with the uh, each episode's show art on there. So you you're not really watching a video uh, on those there. We do have our video site. But we also have the YouTube podcast site for those of you who are maybe not interested in Spotify or uh, Apple podcast or any of those things. Because um, a lot of people have said to me, I've told them about the podcast. I'm like, well, is it on YouTube? I'm like, well, no, in the past, I just had the clips on you know, the, the videos that we produce, which are very time consuming. And I really haven't done one in what over a year. Um, but yes, We are now on YouTube podcast. We also love receiving listener feedback. You can send us an email or even audio feedback via our website at aviatortony.com. That's Alpha, Victor, the number eight, Romeo, Tango, Oscar, November, Yankee.com. There you'll find our audio archives, photos from the flight line, our guest book photo tab, Squawk Ident Pilot Shop, and you can find an assortment of things there on the Pilot Shop. No, I don't see any proceeds from that whatsoever. It's just a place you can go and get a t-shirt or a mug or a hat or whatever. You can also contribute financially to our program right from our home st- No, one? Okay. You can also contribute financially to our program right from our homepage at aviatortony.com. Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram users can find us under Squawk Eye In, And I just want to say thank you to all of you for taking the time to listen to these grateful aviators. Keep the dirty side down out there be safe and take care of each other. Bye, (laughs) y'all.
3: You better. Do you know anything about planes? <laughs> oh, oh, you kill me. You really don't. Do you know anything about planes?
1: Captain, how soon can you land? I can't tell. You can tell me I'm a
0: doctor. No, I mean, I'm just not sure.
4: Fine. Fine.